welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome everybody, episode 249 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have a very interesting guest. Her name is Megan McRae and she is a lot of things. Well, first of all, she's the president of the Nashville Area Short-Term Rental Association. She's an Airbnb host in Nashville and she's also a volunteer for rentresponsibly.org. So Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jasper. I'm really excited to talk to you one-on-one. I've been listening to your podcast as long as I've been a host. Awesome. I'm very excited as well because we talked a lot about regulations on the podcast. Um, But what I'm really excited about to talk with you is how can we as Airbnb House actually do something to influence the regulation and, you know, to contribute to you know, making places more Airbnb friendly. And that's kind of like what you're an expert on. Exactly. It's, it's a really important issue and topic. And we spend a lot of time talking about how to be great hosts. But um, if we don't have the legal ability to be hosts, then all of the other stuff doesn't really matter, does it? Absolutely. That's a very good point. So we'll we'll talk all about uh, what we as hosts can do. But first, um, how did you get involved in, in vacation rental and in Airbnb hosting? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I just love travel. So I, you know, was first a guest by uh, by way of Airbnb. And when I used to visit Nashville before I lived here, Um, there really weren't any short-term rental options. I always stayed in hotels and never really got to see anywhere in Nashville except the Broadway area. And um, after moving here for work and going through a reorganization at the company, uh, we found ourselves in a pretty precarious situation um, and swore I'd never get back there. So once I found a new job and got established, we decided to purchase our first investment property. We had no clue if short-term rentals were going to work for us. And quite frankly, we were hoping we would just cover our mortgage. And if something bad happened, worst case scenario, we would sell the home we lived in and move into that home. Um, But it was a success and um, it was something that I never anticipated loving the way that I do. And fast forward to today, we now own five short-term rental properties here in Nashville. Four of those are traditional short-term rentals, and one is what we call our extended stay, which is um, a rental of 30-plus days up to 90 days. And Nashville is one of the more profitable cities in the U.S. to rent out an Airbnb, according to uh, AirDNA. I, I remember it always it always used to be on like the, on the top of the list. You know, they AirDNA, the company that provides all sorts of data and analytics. Um, 
they uh, I remember they came out with these lists of you know what's the most profitable city in the US and Nash- I remember Nashville was always on top so yeah. it's a it must be like a really good location yeah um if you if you have a rental now it is um unfortunately with some local newer regulations um it's much harder now to have a short-term rental but um yeah it's definitely a great area you know we have 100 new people moving to Nashville a day so the city is experiencing tremendous growth and a lot of popularity also means a lot of tourists coming so it's been a great market and you know we host people from really all over the world there isn't a pocket um per se just people I think in general are interested in coming to the city. Yeah, I, I visited it about 10 years ago. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. Um, you were saying a lot has changed in, in Nashville. What what I remember is staying at the, what's it called? The, the Gaylord <laughs> something. Yeah, <laughs> it's this the huge Opry Hotel. <laughs> it, it always felt like it was, it was like kind of like a stadium or something. It was this huge building and there was all this indoor this indoor area with like trees and it was, it was massive. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely still one of the more popular hotels. Sweet. So, so what's going on in Nashville? Are you, are you, are people no, no longer allowed to do Airbnb or do you need a permit or what's going on? Yeah, sure. So, um, since 2015, you've needed a permit regardless of whether you're an in-home host or out-of-home host, you know, investor. Um, And over the course of the last few years, starting with the first permitting process in 2015, uh, there were a series of about 15 different laws that were rolled out, um, some of which passed, some of which did not. And the end result of that here in Nashville earlier this year was that the city um, pushed through a law that bans uh, future rentals for hosts that do not live in the home. They also prevented in-home hosts from being anything other than themselves, essentially. So if you had your personal home in a trust or an LLC, you were no longer allowed to get a permit. Um, Obviously, that was pretty devastating news for us here in Nashville. And We ended up, um, our organization, along with some of the platforms and other organizations across the state, uh, band together, and we were able to, at the state level, um, succeed in passing a bill um, that would at least grandfather those of us who had operated legally prior to the ban. The ban would have phased anybody who did not live in their home out by the year 2020. So um, certainly not the outcome we were hoping for all around. We were hoping to avoid the ban, but at the very least we were able to protect those who were operating legally prior to that, that law passing. Okay. Well, that's, that's a success. Mm-hmm. What's, how did you guys manage to, to, um, to get this done? Like what, what were the things that you did in order to make that happen? Yeah, sure. So um you know, honestly, it was it was a huge effort all around. Um, you know, we tried to connect with other organizations across the state. We tried to reach out to hosts through different forums and Facebook groups to let them know to reach out to their state senators um, and their house representatives. Um, we also, um, one of our members, her name is Jennifer, she 
came up with the idea to sort of uh, turn the tides on the conversation. It was all this big business. This is about Airbnb. And really, it's about the little guys, honestly. And we came up with a hashtag called HomeShareHelps. And we started encouraging hosts to hashtag and tag their state representatives and house representatives um, telling their home share story. So it's helped, you know, for instance, it's helped me um, have the security after losing a job and it's helped me now leave a full-time job. Um, Some people, it allows them to stay home with their children. And so we really um, focused on the positives that home share does for the host that that are renting out their homes, whether they live there or not. And also just the economic benefit of uh, short-term rentals in a market. Um, So I think those were some of the key elements that helped us succeed. Certainly uh, partnering with the platforms, Airbnb and HomeAway. Um, You know, all of us kind of being on the same page and trying to push for the same things, I think was helpful too. And you recently did an interview with Heather at Cottage Blogger. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that you you talked about why do Airbnb hosts need to stop calling themselves an Airbnb? Absolutely. I'm cur- I'm very curious, like why why is that? Yeah, so I think what was really hard, um, we saw it first here locally in Nashville, and then we saw the same thing play out at the state level with Tennessee, is this came about with uh, the narrative that neighborhoods are fighting the big bad Airbnb. And my background is in advertising and marketing. And to me, Airbnb is a way to connect me with guests. It's a marketing platform. It's an advertising platform with the added bonus of some security, you know, guest background checks and things like that. Um, Home Away is the same thing. And a lot of people were defining themselves as a VRBO or an Airbnb. And really all that did was play into the perception that this is neighborhoods (laughs) fighting Airbnb. No, this is neighborhoods fighting your neighbors. Honestly, um, 88% of the hosts in Nashville live right here in the state. And we would be the ones impacted and we're the ones impacted with a ban passing. You know, at the end of the day, I'm sure Airbnb um, thinks that Nashville is an important market, but they're across the the globe, right? If Nashville passes a ban, this isn't going to break Airbnb, but it would break the many hosts who have homes that they rent out using platforms like Airbnb. So I think it's just important to take responsibility for being a homeowner. And, um, you know, certainly I'm guilty of it myself. If somebody will look at me like I have three heads when I say I have short-term rentals or I have vacation rentals, I'm like, it's like Airbnb. Um, And then I have to go through that whole spiel, right? But I think it's just really important because, you know, if we keep playing into that, our local municipalities are just going to look at this still as the local guy versus the big bad Airbnb. Um, Not that I think they're big and bad, but you know what I mean? Um, So I think that that's really why we've tried to make an emphasis on that. Right. So you, how would you call yourself an accommodations provider? (laughs) Well, 
I call myself a hospitality curator, but, um, you know, when you're talking to your local government or you're trying to activate local hosts, I'm a homeowner. Um, and I think that's what we lose sight of. I mean, everyone wants to criticize us for making money on our home. And quite frankly, isn't that the American dream? What's different from me renting out my home for two nights versus somebody renting it out for a year? Um, you're still making money on it. That doesn't mean it's a commercial business, which has been the whole uh, talk track of the neighborhood groups trying to say that this is why these things shouldn't be allowed. Um, so I just say I'm a homeowner and I rent my home out on a short-term basis. And that is really what we try to stress when it comes to talking to the local representation. And is there a lot of opposition against um, short-term rentals in Nashville? Oh, yeah. Um, we were told by several people that this is probably one of the, if not the most contentious markets. Um, there's an actual coalition that formed um, that is 100% dedicated to anti-short-term rental activism. And uh, honestly, the fight got pretty nasty um, to the point where I think that's why a lot of owners uh, of short-term rentals didn't want to be involved. Um, you know, we had uh, this group would drive by our homes, uh, our rental homes and post pictures and addresses um, out publicly, which, you know, just for safety reasons, um, that's not a nice thing to do, right? And they would do things like that or, you know, basically just watch our listings to try to slip us up or catch us doing the littlest thing wrong so they could report us to codes to get our permits revoked. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was pretty nasty. Um, and I hate how nasty it got, honestly, because, you know, we kind of just tried to be the bigger person and turn the cheek. But unfortunately, that resulted in some cases in us losing in the court of public opinion, because, we didn't stand up and say, you're wrong and you're not telling the truth and um, really tell the positive side of short-term rentals. And why are these people so against air short-term rentals and Airbnb? You know, I, I really wish I knew the answer to that. Um, you know, they feel like um, from, from what we hear, and I don't want to sound like I don't empathize because there are certainly people who have done this and aren't doing it in a neighborly way. Um, you know, the big party houses, no one wants to live by that. But um, I think what drives the most of it is fear. You know, a lot of what's crazy is th this particular group, they, um, a lot of them live kind of near short-term rentals, but not, most of them don't even live next to one. So I think what drives a lot of it is fear, right? I don't know who's coming into my neighborhood, or I don't know what the result of this is going to be. Um, and I think what's difficult is, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties and uh, I don't have children, but I have a younger brother who's 11 and a half years younger. And even he is growing up in a different world than I did. <laughs> I didn't grow up with a cell phone. I didn't get one until after high school, right? And I didn't really, or I knew my neighbors, but he sure doesn't, you know? And so I think short-term rentals kind of are getting blamed for a lot of things that are just 
the growth of the world, right? Technologies changed things. Um, we interact as society different than we did back then. You had to know your neighbors because you had to walk over and ask them for sugar. And now you can have sugar delivered, right? So I think that um, that's really what's driving this is just fear of the unknown in most cases, even though that's not their talk path. No one wants to admit that. Well, let's talk about the most important part, I guess, of all this. And that's what can Airbnb host? What can we do as Airbnb hosts or short-term rental um, managers to influence the regulations? What can we do to create more Airbnb or short-term rental friendly environments? Absolutely. So first and foremost, um, be a good neighbor. <laughs> a lot of this stems from one or two problems that make the headlines. So do your due diligence and make sure you're vetting your guests, make sure you're going over. And, you know, even if you don't live locally, you can still reach out to the people who live next to your homes and, you know, make sure they know who you are and how to contact you if there's a concern or if there's a problem and um, make sure you communicate to your guests that they're coming into an environment that is a neighborhood and, um, that hopefully will shine through. And I think the more of us that can do that, the more people realize, hey, we can all coexist together. So that would be the first thing. Um, you know, if you don't have your neighbor on speed dial and they don't have you on speed dial, um, that's a problem. Uh, second would be to connect with other hosts in the area so that collectively you have a voice. Um, I see a lot of folks who sort of divide because they feel like I'm an in-home host and I don't really want to align with maybe an out-of-home host or a host that doesn't live there. And we all as hosts need to come together. So coming together and learning from one another, having a voice together is really important. Um, and if there is no organization, then you can still do that in a more informal way. But if there is an organization like we have here in Nashville, join it. Um, often it's like our organization, we are 100% volunteer based and donation based. So we survive off of our memberships and people being a part of it. Um, and then I think lastly, just, you know, making local connections, um, both local businesses as well as your local representatives um, they need to know that you are a person. You're not a company that's headquartered in um, California. You are somebody who has a home in their area, whether you live in their area or you're, just your rental home is there. Um, and you can do that in person. You can do that through email. You can do that over the phone. Um, but I think the more that our local representatives realize they are affecting real people, the better off we're all going to be. Awesome. So be good host, connect with other hosts in your community. And there's usually some Facebook groups or other platforms where people get together. And if there's not, if there's not an organization yet in your area, why not start one? That's a very good, uh, very good advice. Making local connections with uh, with local businesses. I think that's a really important point, and and something that uh, a lot of people uh, kind of forget to do. But you know, I think one of the uh, advantages of of Airbnb and short term rentals is that 
the the tourists get more spread out over the city, right? I mean, the you know the neighborhood where I used to rent out in, in Amsterdam before it got banned, um, there there simply weren't any hotels in my neighborhood, and so the only way for people to stay there would be um, to get a short-term rental. And and you know, I think the uh, I think it's very beneficial for for local businesses because. You know, when everybody is kind of concentrated in certain hotel areas, that's where people are going to spend the money, right? Um, but businesses don't know this, right? Businesses can't see uh, that somebody who walks into their shop is staying at a short-term rental, right? We don't carry like labels or something like, hey, I'm staying at an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and so I think it's important to kind of create awareness and, you know, and let, and let those businesses know, hey, I, I have a short-term rental. And, you know, there's a lot of people who visit. and uh, you know, I I sent them over to your business because I you know I really like your your coffee shop or your the your art gallery or whatever it may be. Absolutely, I think um, the that is often very an understated fact. Um, you know, we know we send businesses, but I think the more you can forge those relationships, the the better. We actually, as an organization. Uh, just launched a local business program where we have gone to local um, tour companies, local restaurants, and um, you know, you name it, right? Anything that people would want to do while they're here in Nashville, including you know the big tourist um, traps, if you will, um, but also the local companies that you're just simply not going to find out about if you're not staying in those areas. And it is shocking how well received it's being by business, um, being received by those local businesses because they don't have a way to reach the people staying in short-term rentals. And um, we hope that um, that will create some really good um, partnerships amongst local businesses and short-term rental owners here. Um, one thing I will say too, uh, when you talked about how to get involved, when I stepped into this role in Nashville, um, it was very unplanned, unexpected. <laughs> I had just joined the board of the organization and the only seat open on the board was the VP role. And within about a month, our president resigned. So I automatically became the president um, with no board experience or anything like that. And there wasn't a lot to go on. It was sort of like changing oil on a moving car, trying to figure out what to do. And that's really where this alliance with uh, Rent Responsibly has come from. Dave and I were talking like, you know, how would somebody know how to start an organization, how to keep one running? And so what we're doing on rentresponsibly.org, which is a not-for-profit, is we are collecting a list of local organizations that we know exist. We're collecting resources if you want to start a local organization or if you need ideas to help get one um, or keep one going. Um, but basically, we're trying to just help really enable advocacy and responsible renting through that not-for-profit group. So if people listen to this podcast and they think, you know, I want to get involved, um, what, what are the first steps? Like, what can they do? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, I mean, first and foremost, if they want to check out the Rent Responsibly Facebook group, um, we're starting to post things there as we speak. This is a really new thing for us. Um, and I was, 
right now, most organizations just reach out to me and I kind of walk them through it. So we're, we're putting up like playbook pieces, if you will, there. Um, the other piece would be just to research if there is an organization in their area already. I would hate for somebody to recreate the wheel if something already exists, you know, join forces and if something needs to be better, then help them be better and get involved that way versus, you know, a city having like this group over here and that group over there, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I'm looking at the, the website actually, rentresponsibly.org. And I see you have a kind of like a visual of, um, of the overall support um, by, you know, by the general public, I guess. And it, it shows that only 15% is opposed to short-term rentals. So that's actually a, f a fairly small minority. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's interesting. Um, and I can really only speak to Nashville, but um, we had a couple of media companies as well as uh, Vanderbilt University did some public opinion polls. And overwhelmingly, um, I think the lowest public opinion poll came in in the high 70s percent of people being in support of short-term rentals. Um, but I think what happens is it's, it's that whole concept of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So you get a small group of people who are against it in an area and all of a sudden big changes happen. I mean, here in Nashville, most of our public opinion polls were in the 80% ranges of people supporting, yet we still somehow got a ban passed because um, the perception of the city was that most residents didn't want it when really it's just like most residents don't care. They're just not going to show up to a public hearing to tell you that. Right. <laughs> so um, that's all the more that we all need to have our voices heard and, and be active, even if it's not being discussed right now, because it only takes one or two people to start that wheel turning. And once it's in motion, it's, it's really hard to stop something from moving forward right so if all the airbnb hosts in the whole country would get together and become active in in uh advocating short-term rentals then we'll we'll probably be able to you know create a much more friendly environment for short-term rentals because like you said it's all about the awareness it's all about being heard mm -hmm. and you know politicians they can't you know, they go by what they hear, right? So if, if all the people who are against short-term rentals, if they sort of like, uh, if they cry very loud and, and we're, we're all very quiet, then their perception is going to be that a lot of people or most people are, are against this. And in the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what politicians are very sensitive to, right? Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it's great, the, the work that you're doing. And you know, I think uh, I think it's really important. Um, I guess a lot of, I guess most hosts don't actually get involved, right, with, you know, advocating short-term rentals and getting involved in local communities and stuff. And why do you think that is? Man, I think there are a lot of reasons. I think um, probably the biggest is most people just don't understand how it will impact them or they don't think it will impact them. So, for example, um, for a while here in Nashville, they never really talked about what we call owner occupied or in-home hosts. And so a lot of those folks um, just said, you know, well, hey, look, I, I appreciate what everyone else is doing, but I don't really want to put myself out there and 
you know, draw attention to myself from the neighborhood groups or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're coming after owner occupieds and it's like, whoa, wait, what happened? You know? Um, so I think that first and foremost, that's probably the biggest challenge is a lot of people just have no idea that it will impact them. Um, but what I have to say, you know, my background, I think I shared is 19 years in, in media advertising and marketing. And man, I, I mean, I worked for newspaper companies and all of a sudden Google popped up, right? And I could have never imagined a world where newspapers weren't thriving. And I think we all know the storyline there. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at this going, hey, what happens if these regulations start passing all over and people just get in the mindset um, that short terminals are bad or they're illegal? What, what happens to travel? What happens when somebody thinks twice about staying in a short-term rental in Florida because they're from Nashville and they think that short-term rentals are party houses and they've been told not to support quote-unquote Airbnbs and VRBOs. Um, and so I think that we all have to understand that this really has a far-reaching impact on all of us, even if it's not happening in your city or with your type of rental. Um, it absolutely impacts anybody who is a host. Um, I think the other piece is just, um, quite frankly, I hear this a lot time. I don't really know many people who are only full-time hosts. Most people are parents and work full-time jobs and have families and have lives and short-term rentals are one of the things they do. Um, I understand busy. I traveled for work full-time, worked a full-time job, have five rentals that I personally manage. <laughs> you know, I run Nastra with a really good board and group of people here. Um, but the time you don't have will go away if your ability to rent goes away. So I would really say, don't let time be a factor for not getting involved, make time. Even if it's five minutes to write your local representatives, um, or to join your group and stay abreast of what's going on, I think that um, you you really should consider making the time to get involved. Awesome, very good advice. And how can people reach out to you? And or maybe you know maybe people are listening here. They're in Nashville. How can they get involved? And where can people find information? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who were listening and thinking, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting involved. I would like to do something. Um, so what, what can people do or how can they get in touch with you and how can they find more information? Yeah, well, there's a couple of ways. Um, so, you know, there's a rent responsibly Facebook group that they can start. Um, we're still working, like I said, on building out some of those resources. Um, they should be coming over the next few weeks, but if they join, they can watch those. Um, I'm obviously an active member of that group. So once they're in there, they'll be able to, to find me and um, chat with me. And then for hosts in Nashville, I would definitely encourage you to visit our Nastra website, which is N-A-S-T-R-A.org. And you can um, become a member there um, if you're a legally operating short-term rental here in the city. Um, so those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me. And obviously, um, 
Jasper, I'm sure uh, I know your your notes, you often share links. So if I went too fast, they can probably um, click the links from you. Absolutely. Yeah, I will uh, put all the links in the show notes, all the websites that you've mentioned and the Facebook groups and all that good stuff. So people can go to getpaidforyourpet.com. And then when you go to podcasts, they, you will find the, the show notes of all the 249 episodes that we've recorded so far. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much, first of all, for doing all the great work that you're doing. I really appreciate that. And also for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and your advice and inspire other people to get involved in the Airbnb communities. And together we can create a better landscape for short-term rentals and you know let our let us be heard and change the perception of of uh, people who think that you know all airbnbs are are like illegal hotels and party houses and 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 people every you know most uh, airbnb hosts have like multiple properties and um you know it's really it's really not that's really not the case right and so it's i think it's really important the work that you do so thank you for that and for the listeners thanks for listening and of course next week on wednesday it will be episode 250 so major milestone so it's going to be fun so thanks for listening and until next time get paid for your pet get paid for your pet get paid for your pet